you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Fantasy freaks and geeks. James Co. here on the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Joined as always by the Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano. Good to see you again, my friend, after a week off. How you doing, pal? I, I kind of feel sorry for you. Your arm's <laughs> in a sling. That's a robust You look sling. miserable. heavy-duty heavy sling. This is have. no joke. This sling is no joke. How do you bro. sleep in that? Um, I actually have to sleep uh, semi-upright, which is terrible. It's the worst. It's, it's the, the worst. worst. Yeah, it's the worst. Uh, we got Marcus Grant, MG. What up? In the house. Thanks for uh, filling in for me last week. I appreciate that. And the whiz kid from Wisconsin, Alex Gelhar. What's up, man? How you doing? Not too much. Excited to have you back in the chair. It uh, it Fairly. Feels, feels like we're whole again. Right? <laughs> Seriously. I am not whole. I am not whole. Well, no, you are let, whole. Let me You're tell you. Let, let me tell you what sucks about uh, using one arm. Everything. Everything. <laughs> Pretty much everything. What doesn't suck is that I have a built-in excuse not to do chores, so that's nice. There you go. But other than that, everything. Because it's my right arm too. Uh, people ask me, uh, "How did I injure it?" I, believe it or not, it actually is football related. I was throwing a football around. Um, after a few adult beverages, <laughs> and uh, you did, yeah. really? well, so that's I, and I, mean, I did not sad. properly warm up my arm. But you were loose already. <laughs> I was, <laughs> at least I thought I was. <laughs> I started firing laser beams, man. You know, and uh, about three throws in, I was like, okay, all right, um, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. So yeah, so I got the I got the surgery a week ago, and man. It, it, just miserable. Today's the first day, actually, I've put on a button-up shirt. Wow. <laughs> I've been playing? rolling around the house in <laughs> uh, my pajama pants and uh, half of an A shirt <laughs> because I can't lift the arm, right? So it's it's one A shirt on the left. I look like Tarzan in pajama pants is basically uh, – <laughs> it's not a good look. You wish you had Tarzan's physique. That's a great point, actually. That I look like a poor, <laughs> poor man, and an, uh, look. My wife is calling me Gimpy. Just to there you go, you just know, to rub it in, huh? right? Exactly. Yeah. She's like, "Hey, Gimpy." All right. Um, yesterday was the first day. I uh, was it. I, I shaved in the first time in a week, which is great. <laughs> oh my gosh! She, my wife helped me wash my hair for the first time in a week. I'm telling, it was glorious, unbelievable. I mean, there were critters crawling out of my head. Uh, during this, yeah, it was not good. Anyways, let's yeah. talk about let's talk yeah, let's about. Get that. into fantasy. Can you move over there, please? I don't want any. Of those I just said I just I just washed my hair yesterday, man. I'm good. I'm good to go. I'm ready to rock and roll. Let's do this thing. Let's talk about top fantasy headlines. Number one headline out of the gates: Todd Gurley. NFL media insider Ian Rappaport reported Tuesday that Gurley is expected to be on the non-football injury list to start training camp. That, according to sources, informed of his situation. The Rams can take him off the list whenever he feel, uh, whenever they feel he is fully ready. 
There have been no reports about a sec- setback with Gurley's knee throughout the offseason. That's good. The team was noncommittal about Gurley being ready for camp, though. Coach Jeff Fisher did say, quote, you could probably assume Gurley will play sooner than you think. What does that mean? Well, it means that uh, the Trey Mason era is going to end sooner than later in St. Louis. And if you do draft Gurley, you need to get Mason late. I wouldn't be surprised if he's back for week one, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he's forced to miss a few weeks. Uh, We've seen that kind of scenario in the past. But the bottom line here is simple. When Todd Gurley is on that football field, he's going to be the centerpiece of that offense. They drafted him high because they love him. Everyone compares him to who? Marshawn Lynch and Adrian Peterson. And boy, if you can get three quarters of that production, you're looking at a fantasy star. All right, let me let me play devil's advocate here for you, Fabs. Mm-hmm. He's wearing ACL, folks. I, I mean, I get it. I, I our very own Akbar Bajabi Mila said, the ACL is the new sprained ankle. I, I, I get where he's coming from. But let me tell you something. He, he tore up that knee in November, man. And um, it, it's it, we're asking a lot of a rookie running back to come back, try to play in September after tearing his knee less than a year out. And again, not only is he a rookie, so we don't know what he's going to I get it. Before the injury, the dude was a man-child. He was a beast out there. He was trucking SEC defender. I get it. He looked amazing. But that being said, we don't know how he's going to perform at the NFL level. and We especially don't know how he's going to re- respond after tearing an ACL. Uh, I can't be the only one thinking that he's being overdrafted right now. I'm kind of with you. I, you know, I, I think he's going to be a big part of the offense, but I just don't expect him to show up. You know, I, I expect he'll be back around week two, week three maybe, but I don't think he's going to come in and suddenly get 20 carries or anything like that. I think it's one thing where they work him back in. Uh, maybe by the end of the year, maybe he is that guy, but I have a feeling that we're going to end up seeing more of a committee approach with this backfield for the majority of this year. And then maybe next year you're talking about Todd Gurley as the guy, but I still think Trey Mason's going to have some value this year. Wiz, I see you shaking your head there. Yeah, that was exactly my point. I, nobody had uttered the dreaded C word on the podcast yet, but I think that this is going to be headed towards that. Even I'm encouraged, and I'll probably bump Gurley up a little bit in the, my rankings since he seems to be coming back faster than I would have thought. But uh, they're going to probably be splitting time. You, like you said, they drafted him highly. That doesn't mean they're going to throw him out and let him get worn down right away again. They invested a top 10 overall pick in this guy. They're not going to be foolish with him. They're going to play clock, clock ball and run a lot, both with Mason and Gurley. But to say that he's being overdrafted with an ADP of round 9? No way. I'll take him in round 9 all day long. And in fact, most of our drafts, he's going to go before that. He's going to be drafted in probably the 5th or 6th round. And we're all banking on his upside, and sure. I'm not saying he comes in and has 25 carries a game, but can he have 18 touches a game once he comes back and then he starts feeling himself? Yeah, I absolutely think that. And with what we have seen in terms of the medical advances and recovery from ACLs... It's been amazing. I mean, players don't have a, a second thought about that. Carson Palmer had his ACL torn, and he's 35 years old. Carson Palmer's also not running pass routes. I understand that. Wes Welker was, though. He came back and, and had a pretty good season when he was, uh, after he came back in, uh, I don't know, I don't remember what year it was, but he tore his knee up in the last game of the season. I believe it was against the Texans. I could be wrong there. But then he came back, started the Great next season. season. Adrian Peterson is another he's example. The, he is the, he's uh, a physical freak. Right, and he's also he came exhibit back. A, B, and C as to why a running back can come back and just be an absolute beast. Right. The days of, well, an ACL tear needs at least one year for a player to fully recover physically and mentally. I mean, those days are over. The difference, I would say, though, between – and not to say that Todd Gurley can't do this, but the difference between Todd Gurley coming into this situation versus Adrian Peterson, Wes Welker, is that not only is he getting himself back physically – He's learning a new offense That's on right. top of that. So he's he's not going to get the training camp experience likely to get used to what the Rams are doing. So the first few weeks are going to be training camp for Todd Gurley on top of him getting ready physically. Now, but and, but and also now, keep in mind, too, you're looking at 16 weeks and not the first Of course. Quarter. Right. Of course. He, could, he could be a Jeremy Hill type where maybe sure. he is – you sure. know, like a, a ghost for the first five, six weeks. But once he is fully healthy and takes over that backfield, he could run away with it. Man, I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, if he's going in the ninth round, uh, it's a good, solid draft price. Yeah, what, what no round do you like him at, Fabs? For Gurley, five or six. And we're talking about a 10-team league. And I wouldn't be surprised if someone jumped on him as soon as round four because of the upside, I, I, because of the potential. And, and that's the, what scares me right These there. things, These things are odd. And – 
you'll see a lot of weird things. If you guys do mocks on NFL.com, I'm yeah. sure you see a lot of oh, weird yeah. picks. Oh, sure, sure, sure. I, again, I wouldn't touch this guy until round six. Mm-hmm. And then I'd consider him. I think if I can get a ninth round grade out of him or a ninth round value out of him, of course. Yeah, tremendous upside, crazy upside, you do it. You I do just, it hard six, six feels but good until I you see more in the preseason. That. And, and that's what I'm saying. And that's what I'm saying. To me, I think if you're taking reaching for him in the fourth, mistake. Fifth, I still think that's a mistake. I think sixth, you can start to look at him. And in the seventh, it might be solid. Marcus? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess because I'm so skittish about the whole thing, I'm the fantasy skeptic, I guess. I, you know, I, I would probably look at him in maybe seventh or eighth. I, I had this feeling that I wouldn't be able to handcuff him to Trey Mason because they're probably you going so close, close to each other in drafts. That's right. It just wouldn't happen for Yeah, me. that's right. And, and I don't know if you're getting great value. Uh, doing it that way because you're you're banking on again a Jeremy Hill type situation if you're drafting him uh, in the sixth or seventh round. All right, Justin Hunter was arrested Monday following a July third bar assault in Virginia Beach. That's where he was raised. Hunter is charged with felony assault after allegedly quote stabbing, cutting, and wounding a victim. That according to Officer Jimmy Carson of the Virginia Beach Police Department, the victim's injuries are considered serious but non life threatening. The Titans released a statement Monday saying quote. We are aware of the situation and are continuing to gather more facts. The 24-year-old whiteout was born in Virginia Beach, as I mentioned. It's hard to imagine a suspension not coming down. What are the reactions here? Because I know last year a lot of folks had him penciled because he's an uber-athletic guy. Mm-hmm. A lot of folks had him penciled in as a potential breakout star. It didn't quite happen. Um, and a lot of folks, were, again, were kind of doubling down this year and saying, okay, third-year wide receiver, that's generally the projection that we see. They've got Marcus Mariota there. Maybe Justin Hunter can emerge. But, again, you hear about these kind of charges, it's hard, really hard uh, to get excited about drafting a player like this. Well, and you look at it, this was this was kind of a make-or-break year for Justin Hunter in this offense. I mean, we've been waiting for a couple of years for him to emerge. The Titans had been waiting for him to really take that next step. And then you add to it that they've got some veterans there now. I mean, you know, they, right. they bring in Harry Douglas. They draft Doyle Green-Beckham. That's, you know. that's the bigger one. Is right. Doyle Green-Beckham's a better version of Justin Hunter. So you've got guys who were already threatening to take his job. Now he's got this legal situation we've seen the last couple of years that Teams in the league are not really, you know, they're they're not giving guys a long leash in situations like this. I mean, sure. l- unless you are an Adrian Peterson or something like that, right? Um, you know, chances are they're gonna let you go and, and be someone else's issue. So I, I just, I, you know, from from a a life standpoint for Justin Hunter, it doesn't certainly doesn't look good. He's got a, a lot of stuff to deal with from a football and a fantasy standpoint. There are other options in I Tennessee. He's got to be off the draft board oh, for, for people this well, year. And I, I think he sort of was already because yeah, he they, was close to it. For they sure. drafted Green Beckham. They added Hakeem Nix in the offseason. Harry Douglas is also in the mix there too. On top of, of course, Kendall Wright. So, and I, I liked him last year too. And we saw some flashes. Remember in preseason? We're sure. Like, oh man, yep. that is it. I got to get him. <laughs> and then he. Did not do a thing for you. Yeah, exactly. All right, we move on. Uh, Baltimore tight end Dennis Pitta will likely open the season on the pup list. That's what league sources told Aaron Wilson of the Baltimore Sun. This means the six-year pass catcher will likely miss the first six games of the campaign if he plays at all next year. The team drafted Max Williams out of Minnesota, so the news more or less solidifies Max Williams' position, starting position anyways, and pretty much more or less solidifies Pitta as a non-draftable Fantasy player, mm-hmm. uh, I I can't imagine anybody's going to be taking a flyer on this guy, no matter how late it is. Say the name, Gellar. It's my boy Crockett Gilmore. There it is. <laughs> can't forget about him. There and, it is. I mean, we're going to have to watch and see how they split up their reps in uh, in the preseason. But Fabs has documented it well. Rookie tight ends really hard to translate to early fantasy success in the NFL. Uh, Crockett Gilmore, baby. Crockett one Gilmore, of the best names in the biz. Such a good name. Uh, but either way, one of those guys is going to have to catch passes in that Trustman offense, so we're going to have to keep an eye on it as the preseason and training camp progresses to see who, if anybody, is worth drafting. All right, those are your top headlines. Let's talk about the mailbag. You've got mail. Hey, there we go. Uh, GT, uh, just too many numbers here. Look. <laughs> uh, okay, look. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders moving a slot. What are your projected stat lines for? Second-year wide receiver Cody Latimer. I love this question. I'm big on Cody Latimer. I mean, I have him on my Dynasty League team. I, I mean, I think this is a situation. He, he's not going to put up 
Emmanuel Sanders, you know, Wes Welker when he was there kind of numbers. But I do think you can probably get about 70 catches out of out of Cody Latimer, maybe about uh, 800 yards. And because he's playing in that, that Peyton Manning Bronco offense. That's what it is. You know, six, seven touchdowns I don't think is ridiculous for him. See, I think the problem with him is, is consistency. Yeah. You're not going to get it. No. He is going to, it's going to be the same situation as Devontae Adams where you're going to see a couple of big games and you are going to start frothing at the mouth. You've mm-hmm. got to get him in your starting lineup. And because he's, he's a big, a athletic, he's a big athletic target in a great offense. Right. And also keep in mind, too, that Gary Kubiak, although he will throw the football, mm-hmm. he, he's a guy who likes to run the ball. Uh, and we talked about last week how Matt Schaub had some pretty good numbers in Houston, but that was a while back. Right. That was a while back before a lot of the rule changes, and, and now quarterbacks are putting up even bigger numbers. So if Schaub's numbers were in this day and age of football, they'd been nice, but they weren't They weren't elite numbers. So do I like Latimer? Yes. Do I think it's going to take an injury to either Demarius Thomas or Emmanuel Sanders for him to really break out? Right. Yes. That's that's the thing is we're talking about Manning's offense and what he's done with wide receivers in the past, but I was also looking at what Kubiak's third wide receivers have done in his last three offenses. Okay, it is not pretty. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Who was his third receiver last year in Baltimore? Kamar Aiken. Exactly. Twenty-four catches, two hundred sixty-seven yards. The year before that, it was Keyshawn Martin, twenty-two catches, two hundred fifty-three yards. The year before that, Keyshawn Martin, ten catches, eighty-five yards. Now, now right. here's the. I mean, I love, I, I love and hate these comparisons, right? Because sometimes um, it's a great, it's, it's, it's a great taking, trend. It's not to be fair. Player Latimer's got a lot more upside than the players right. that you mentioned, and, again, and this is a a Denver Broncos offense led by Peyton Manning. That's exactly right. Well worth, well I, worth drafting. I, I also Certainly. I also looked at those numbers, uh, and it was uh, an average of 58 catches. The yards were what are we on. talking about here? Third, third, third wide receiver the last three years for Peyton, for Peyton in in Denver. Oh, in Denver, in Denver. Okay, 58 catches, 600 yards. Wait, uh, you're not going back to the Brandon Stokely, uh, Austin Collie days in Brandon Indianapolis? Stokely. Brandon Stokely was the third wide receiver. He had in 2012. Th- he had a thousand yards no, uh, yes. the year that Peyton broke the record for touchdown yeah. passes. Yeah, and the and the one. The one anomaly year here, too, was in 2013 when Manning set all those other records. That was when Welker had 73 catches, 111 targets, almost 800 yards, and 10 TDs as the third wideout. Otherwise, the wide receivers are about 500 yards, 2 TDs, 50 catches. I want to ask you one question, and then we can get back to the mailbag. And this is going to be something that a lot of fantasy owners are going to be considering, right? Demarius Thomas is one of the three elite wide receivers in fantasy football, top three. No doubt. What happens if Peyton decides to retire after 2015? And you've got Brock Osweiler potentially being your quarterback. What kind of keeper or dynasty league value will Demarius Thomas hold, or any of those it's, wide receivers hold, once Peyton leaves? It's Two words. Very bad feeling about that. Yeah, exactly. Now, you got that one right. It's not last quite, week. You missed it. This week was good. It's not quite a cliff because don't forget, Sully on the board, but Thomas yeah. Thomas put up good numbers with Tim. I was gonna say those are my two words. Not Tim Tim Devo. <laughs> not a lead number. Good fantasy. So I'm just. I'm but saying, he was also. Numbers. But he was that also was young. with Tim Tebow. Sure. And he was young. He's a more mature receiver, exactly. and he'll have like it was Tim Tebow. <laughs> Like, the guy hit the ground as often as he hit Thomas in stride. But so. he was good in fantasy. Um, um, it, I was going to add, oh, the one other factor, uh, I like Cody Latimer a lot. I wasn't throwing all those stats to, to bury him. Yeah. Uh, is don't forget, Gary Kubiak loves throwing to his tight ends, too. Okay. And he has Owen Daniels, oh, yeah. his boy there. So you're talking about uh, Thomas is going to get a million targets. Sanders is going to get a lot of targets. Daniels is going to get a lot of targets. What's they're just, left? There just might not be enough for Latimer to eat and uh, and turn in solid fantasy numbers. If you grab him as a wide receiver five super late, like you're saying, that's good. Uh, what round are we saying? 12, 13? Somewhere in that area. Um, I think later. I think he later. could go. I, I think he could go uh, somewhere between twelve and fifteen, depending on uh, really how many wide receivers you decide that you're going to draft. Yeah, I, I like to have five. I draft him as my five. I draft him as a five. Yeah, for me, I think he's a he's an excellent uh, upside mm-hmm. late pick that you can take and feel pretty good about. If you want to stash him on your bench for a few weeks, or heck, again, Fabs, you mentioned there might be a week where he goes for one twenty and two touchdowns. Yeah, I think that's I think that's totally doable, and all of a sudden it becomes a tradable asset. Mm-hmm. So there you go. All right, next mailbag question. Get that sandwich out of your pie hole and listen up, maggot. It's time for mail call. Should I keep Greg Olson? This is from Sam Schaff, 24. Should I keep Greg Olson for seventh round pick? Hashtag fantasy football. This is for a keeper league. Fabs, Greg Olson, seventh round pick, keeper league. It's about what he's worth. I agree. Right? So if you lose that seventh round pick and you get Greg Olson, I don't think that's a bad trade off at all. Although, 
keeper leagues are tough because you ne- there's so many different kind of keeper leagues. I was just about to rules say. and how many yeah. players do you keep yep. and and this sort of thing. And if you can only keep two or three players and Olsen's maybe your three or four. So I, I have questions about this question, but that's fair market value for Olsen. His ADP right now is round six. Round six. Yep. So you're getting a value if you keep him at seven. My only thing is, I mean, keeping a tight end. You know, <laughs> right. Kind Not of named Gronkowski or <laughs> right. Graham. You know, I mean, for, for the value, yeah, sure. Seventh round, that's, that's adequate value for Greg Olsen, but it's just, Keeping a tight end kind of... But we always say that the tight end position is a disaster after those top four. This is true. And this is one of the top four. This is one of the top four. So you're getting one of those guys you can at least count on. He's not going to win you weeks, but he's not going to put up a a fair egg. I've got some stats, too, because I'm working on this column for Friday, uh, which will be out on NFL.com, about the tight end position similar to what I did with backfields and doing some projections in terms of targets and receptions. Uh, Olsen, the fourth most targeted tight end last year. Uh, career numbers and receptions, yards, fantasy points. In his two seasons under Mike Shula, he's got 234 targets. That's second most in the NFL during that time behind only Jimmy Graham, not Rob Gronkowski because he's uh, been a little bit banged up. Olsen also accounted for at least 82% of his team's totals at tight end in all three of those categories. So uh, if a tight end's getting the football in Carolina, his name is Greg Olson. Yeah, I mean, it's a volume play. It's a straight I – mean, they don't have that many targets. I get Kelvin Benjamin's there, but, I mean, you know, they're going to throw the football 500 times. He, he's going to have to get a good amount of those touches, and, and especially since defenses are kind of spying Cam Newton. It, it leaves Greg Olson open a lot of times. So it's good. Uh, he's a good, solid value play. Mm-hmm. All right, next mailbag question. <laughs> Sound drop from the office linebacker. Terry Tate. You know what? Here's the thing. Um, I think if you're if you're less than thirty, you have no idea. Do you know who that is, Terry? I know who that is. I'm less than thirty. Yeah, you're. Sully's shaking his head. You're a very mature less than (laughs) thirty, though, Gilhart. Wait, Sully, how old are you? Twenty four. He has no idea. He know. He just shook his head. He knows. Look at that face. Oh, he knows. The mustache is getting mad at you right now. You're Don't 24. anger it. You know, he's 24, <laughs> which means that he, I'm almost 20 years older than him, and I couldn't grow a mustache like that. No. He could grow a better mustache than me, too. Oh, I can't do it. Oh, man. Yeah. But, I, yeah. yeah. You know, here's the thing. If you have never heard of Terry Tate Office Linebacker, go on YouTube. Public service announcement. This is this is a PSA right now. I'm gonna I'm about to crush about 15, 20 minutes of your time. Just go to YouTube. <laughs> Wait. Can, can, should we leave the room here? Terry Tate <laughs> Office Linebacker. Google it. All right. You will not be disappointed. All right. Anyways. Uh, Thomas... Kastner at TJLK. I plan to keep Le'Veon Bell instead of Megatron. Should I draft D'Angelo Williams for the first three weeks and in what round? I like this question. Marcus. Yes, you should draft D'Angelo Williams for the first three <laughs> weeks of the season. Uh, I mean, as for what round? It sounded like Kramer there. Why don't what, you just tell me you, what movie you want to Why don't you see? tell me which running back you'd like to draft? Um, Yeah, I mean, you're going to have to draft him. You're, you're going to it, it would have made sense to handcuff him anyway, even he, even he, if he was going to be there for the first three weeks of the season. Because you were looking at getting him, uh, you're going to have to reach a little bit earlier for D'Angelo Williams. I mean, right now he's got an ADP of the 12th round. You're going to have to go and get him probably a little earlier. I'd say probably round nine, something like that, just to make sure he's going to be there. Because if everybody knows... If you're holding on to Le'Veon Bell, which right. they will, somebody's going to try to snake him from you and then make a deal. And that's why I'm saying I, I almost say just, look, you you kept Le'Veon Bell. He's a top five pick. Just ensure the pick. Make the D'Angelo Williams pick in the seventh round and don't. Oh, my out. goodness oh, good. gracious. Wow. No way. Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. Yes. Can seventh he get round. some look, lift drop? No, no. L- there we listen, go. Listen, listen. Seventh round. In a keeper league. All right. There are there's a plenty of guys already off the board. That's true. In a keeper league, you're going to have to spend you're going to have to spend good value to get D'Angelo just to secure your top five pick. Yeah, in that seventh round, you could grab somebody probably like a Isaiah Crowell or a Tevin Coleman or something. You could reach around earlier on somebody that's going to have a better chance for production in those first three weeks. Those guys are, I'm, t- I'm telling you, in keeper leagues, those guys are all we don't, Well, we don't, know, we don't know how many keepers they're keeping. It might be a one-keeper league, and everybody's keeping Foster and Bell. Like, yeah, I don't I wouldn't even – I don't know if I could draft Williams in the That's why round. it's I'd so take... hard to answer keeper yeah. questions because there's not like, okay, I'm in a standard league. All right, perfect. Then we know exactly what you're dealing with with right it's 10 teams in keeper leagues like i'm in one keeper league where 
You can keep as many as three players, but you can't keep them after two years. They're all under contract until then. I mean, <laughs> honest to God, there are so many different That's a great uh, point. versions of standard. Keeper league, so it's okay, tough. so I, I guess I guess look, in, there in is no standard, standard keeper league. No, no I, I, well, the, a lot of them. Ha- a lot there of, really is a lot of formats are one keeper. Yeah, that that would I was. I don't know if that's too. standard, uh, but who knows? Okay, in a one keeper league. Okay, uh, D'Angelo Williams, ninth round. That's what I said. Ninth. Eh. I don't know. For me, I'd, I'd rather take one of those other guys that has a chance for better production. D'Angelo Williams has seen his yards per attempt drop every year for the last four years. Uh, they're going to you know, committee him with Dre Archer and other guys, and they're probably just going to sling the rock to Martavis Bryant. I ain't scared of Dre Archer. <laughs> I'm not. I mean, I really do think. You're not scared of Dre Archer, but you can put your faith in D'Angelo Williams. But I know he's your boy, a, Fabs. But, but only for a couple of weeks. I can't say yeah. anything bad it's about only, D. It's only, it's only for a few weeks. I mean, I, I think he can get a couple of scores in the first three weeks. I agree. He can find his way to the end zone. It's a great offense. It's a great offense they got in Pittsburgh. Yeah, you know who else? A couple scores. John Kuhn. Just grab him and hope he falls into the end zone. (laughs) Actually, that kind of makes. Hey, look. You know what? You say that you laugh about that. I have a friend who once made the playoffs because. Needing one win to get into the postseason, he picked up Zach Crockett off the waiver wire. Oh, yeah, Zach baby. Crockett had a did he give one of these? He had like a four carry, three yard, three touchdown game. Yeah, baby, <laughs> you know? love it. Uh, Ravi, next mailbag question. Here's the mail. It never oh God, we brought some back. Oh yeah. This is for our uh, twelve to fifteen year old demos. Yep. Right. Uh, Ravi at The Real Brown Man, which I, I love the Twitter handle, by the way. He asks, is Samuel Watkins, a.k.a. Sammy Watkins, going to line up as a wide receiver one on my team this year? Real quick, before we dive in and pull back the curtain, <laughs> this is actually Franchise's boy in his league of record, I believe, and oh. it's his birthday, so he asked if we could get his question on. Oh, there. yeah. Happy so. birthday, Ravi, The Real Brown Man. Happy birthday, and I would say no. He will <laughs> not be a number one wide right. receiver in fantasy this year uh, for two reasons. Number one. Who in the heck is the quarterback in Buffalo? I mean, is it Tyrod Taylor? Is it uh, <laughs> not yet? But Matt you know, Castle, who was awful in the offseason, is it going to be EJ Manuel, who went to that great college, Florida State, that puts out awesome quarterbacks in the NFL, uh, sarcastically? And Rex Ryan loves to run the football. They're going to run it, and then they're going to run it again. Greg Roman's going to utilize Charles Clay. I think Clay could end yeah, up being just, the second be most targeted point. player on that team easily. Uh, they I paid just, him a boatload of money to, to not come over and just block. $24 million in the last two years. They're gonna, they're in the gonna next throw two him, years is what he's going to make. They're going to throw him the ball, and that's going to eat into Watkins' targets. I like Watkins. I, I just don't like him as a one. Yeah, if you're rolling with uh, Sam Watkins as a one, you're in trouble. Yeah. Give I mean, him to me as a nice high three. I'll be trouble. thrilled with it. Marcus, anything else? Uh, no, that, that, that about covers it. Uh, <laughs> I think you guys have pretty much covered that. So, one. no. One. Do not use Sammy Watkins as a wide not receiver a one. one. Ravi on your team next year. Next mailbag question. Message for you, son. Would you want, oh, this is from Guru at AU Nick 5. Would you want the 8th and 17th or the 12th and 13th pick this year in fantasy? So basically, do you want to be the 8th pick or the 12th pick uh, this year in fantasy? Essentially, yeah, it, it, this, and this is for a 12-team league, I'm assuming standard yeah. scoring guessing there's some sort of trade on the table so right <laughs> trying to figure <laughs> you, out you would input. think you man you got to be able to draft successfully from any spot that you're given eight and 17 you're, you're not so much in the middle you're kind of in the in the second half of, of uh that that first round i would much half. rather have that eighth pick I, but much see, rather but then you also can get two really good players at 12 and 13 Whereas at 17, you might miss out on somebody that you might otherwise have gotten. So say at 12, say if I go after a running back, uh, I would say Jeremy Hill might be there. Jeremy Hill, and then at Anderson. 13, I might be able to get Dez or Calvin, or because you know my philosophy of going running back, wide receiver, sure. typically uh, in the first couple of picks. So I like that. At the eighth pick, I'm getting maybe Forte. Maybe C.J. Anderson or potentially LaShawn McCoy. What is that smirk you got in your face? <laughs> I know you want to take Andrew out. Luck, but I'm not going there. I don't want him. I, I want him, but I'll oh, never get you him. read my mind, pal. You I know. My- Let me tell you why I love that number eight pick. First of all, I hate drafting at the top and at the bottom uh, of of every fantasy draft. To me, I mean, seriously, fifty percent of the fun of fantasy is drafting. That draft day for me, I mean, look, I, I, I'll get... And my, everything else is just frustration. Exactly. Right. I, I get my bucket of KFC, 
A couple of forties. I'm ready to rock and roll. <laughs> what? That's right. Is this a Snoop Dogg video? <laughs> <laughs> This you. is a tradition in the co-household. Draft day comes around in my league of record. It's it's a bucket of fried chicken. It's a couple of six-packs, and we're rocking and rolling. It's a Pepto afterwards. That's yeah. absolutely true, yeah. especially That's now. how winning is done. Yeah, <laughs> and, and the thing is, when you pick at the top or the bottom of the draft, you can't think about your pick. I mean, literally. It's just, let me just grab the two guys I like and then just move on. And then i got to wait 45 minutes for my pick to come around. That's no fun. There's a lot more strategery when you have to pick 8th, 5th, 6th, 7th, Anybody eighth. got a, a dictionary to look that up? <laughs> that's George W. Bush. And, I, and, I, and that's what I love. It. I, I, love, I love getting uh, that 8th pick and then, and then trying to stretch out my picks. You know what I'm saying? Maybe we're in the, si- or in the, uh, the fifth round and I'm trying to stretch a pick. Maybe a, a guy that I'll take in the fifth, maybe he'll be there in the sixth. I'm not sure. But that's part of the fun uh, of drafting for me. So I'd, I'd much rather have the eighth just based off of pure fun value. Now this year especially, because I've said it a million times over, I'd love to have that eighth pick and take a quarterback. Just, just let me have the guy. Just uh, let me have Andrew Luck. Let me let me just have Andrew Luck in the eighth pick. I mean, we'll stand we'll stand aside and let you go on. And do that. <laughs> yeah, right. I think all it depends on is how a unique fives board stacks up. Yeah, if there are two players that he definitely wants to have in the maybe his top fifteen. Uh-huh. Then take that twelve thirteen picks. So you can right. get two of them. If you've got guys you like that stretch. If you want to have no fun or something, take that twelve pick. Go for sit it. Sit at eight. Grab grab your first guy because you have a better chance to get your first guy, and then see who's there at the second one. Can't wait. I, ho- I hope I get the eighth pick in a twelve round. Honestly, I wouldn't mind having the eighth pick just because there's probably one. You know, there's there's always one guy you're kind of targeting in that first round, and you want to make sure he's there, and and you have a better chance of getting him at eight than you would at twelve. Plus, I do like James's thought that you know when you're at the back end of a draft. There's no point of scheming and trying nope. to like plan out like no hey schemes. you know like trying to put guys in your queue and stuff like that because you know they're not gonna be there in like an hour. You, when can you're start, back. you can start thinking about what you're gonna take at the turn. You're like ooh maybe this is the round to take a tight end, but then the tight end round starts. You're like nope, and then you're like ooh. <laughs> but that decision's already been made for you. Is what I'm saying. You know and you're, you're to, playing you're you playing catch react up. on the fly. I mean it's no fun being on the back end because I don't you literally mind. just take two guys that you want and just move on. That's no fun. Just eat your chicken. All right. <laughs> All right, should we go to the next section? Uh, yes. That needs to be a catchphrase, by the way. Just, <laughs> just eat your chicken. <laughs> That's like a coconut smile, but right. for me it's just, you know, eat your chicken. Just think, think hey, so wait a minute. Isn't Pepsi the official sponsor for the NFL? Yeah. I just know whatever Drink you just Pepsi. said. Sure. Drink Pepsi. Drink a smile. Pepsi. Uh, sure. All right, look. It's uh, it's time for uh, a segment we're calling Bust a Move. So don't just stand there bust a move. It's a series that is the brainchild of M.G. Marcus Grant. You can find it right now at NFL.com slash Busta Move. That would be B-U-S-T-A-M-O-V-E, Busta Move. Every week, Marcus Grant is looking at some of the biggest fantasy busts from 2015 and evalu- evaluating whether those players are destined to remain duds or could they return to the limelight? Could they be studs once again and possibly some serious a draft bargains. We're going to start with Colin Kaepernick, man. A very disappointing 2014, to say the least. Finished as the 16th best fantasy quarterback. And, man, I'll tell you what, he absolutely fell apart late last year. What does Bust a Move say uh, regarding Colin Kaepernick? Can he come back to form? I think we've seen the best of Colin Kaepernick. I mean, I think he's hit his fantasy ceiling. And I, and I think he'll be better than he was last year. But if you're thinking he's going to jump jump back and be a top 10 quarterback, if he's going to be a QB1 for you, you're going to be disappointed. I think he's a guy who is kind of a matchup-based starter. He's a nice backup to have on your bench. Right. But, um, you know, last year, I watched just watching his tape, he's, he's inaccurate. Um, and... He's kind of one of those guys who is an athlete playing quarterback as opposed to That's being right. a quarterback, uh, you know, just flat out. So I, I think I think we've seen what Colin Kaepernick can do. And, uh, you know, I, I said before, I said last week on the podcast, I wrote in the piece, if they could just sit him down and make him just watch Russell Wilson tape over and over again, like on end, I think he'd be a better quarterback. But I think I think he is what he is right now. His his saving grace is his legs from a fantasy perspective. That's where he can make a lot of hay for your fantasy team. Uh, he's worked on his accuracy. He worked with Kurt Warner in the offseason. Uh, a couple questions I have, though, is number one, boy, 
I mean, that offense is, is, has got some question marks, especially oh, question in marks. terms of the options that he'll have in the passing game. Uh, yes, they brought in Torrey Smith. Michael Crabtree's gone. Vernon Davis disappeared last year, although I think he bounces back. Um, Anquan Bolden's another year older, too. So he's going to be an intriguing sort of QB, too. But he's not someone that you're drafting with the thought that he's going to come back and be uh, a top 10 fantasy. I have no idea who he's going to throw to next year. No clue. But that being said. Well, we know. We're just not sure how well it's going to be executed. (laughs) Garrett Selleck. Now, now, that being said, um, I feel like we say the same thing every year about Cam Newton. And I get that last year uh, he was. I don't, I don't know that I've ever said that. I don't know about that. I have that more one, faith in Cam than I do. You know what? I think Co is on some of those painkilling medications. <laughs> absolutely. I'll tell you right now. Absolutely. Because Cam, Cam <laughs> was the top right four now. fantasy quarterback his first. No, 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 no. no. But I'm, say, I'm talking year. about situation. I'm taking. I'm talking about situationally. We're talking. We say the same things about Cam Newton. The guy's got great legs, but he doesn't have any targets. But who cares? Let's just run him out there, and and he's gonna he's gonna use his legs to pick up enough fantasy points to somewhere crack into the top five. I, I, he wasn't a top five quarterback last year. I nope. get that. But he did come on strong late last year. And he, he, was had, awesome. he finally had targets last year. He was just injured. Like, yeah, he was, all he was dinged up. Remember, too, right. He came in, had the ankle surgery. Then he hurt his rib. Yep. Then he had the car accident. Right. It was sort of a, a mess for him. Yes. But at the end of the year, like you mentioned. He came on strong. He started to get hot. And, yeah. you, and, and where his numbers were the most intriguing for fantasy owners Look at his rushing totals over the last four weeks. Yeah. He ran it. He found the end zone. It was very, very, very good to start Cam late last year. But the, And that's what I'm trying to say about Colin Kaepernick. Look, I get it. He's not that big, physical, bruising guy like Cam Newton is. But he's got great legs. He's got great speed. I love the cannon he's got in the right. It's not very uh, accurate. I get that. But he can squeeze any throw uh, that, that he wants. Uh, again, not terribly accurate. I get that. But Colin Kaepernick, to me, at least has, as Mike said, I mean, beyond interesting upside to me. Uh, would so I draft him? Me there's a chance. Yeah, absolutely, yes. there is. What am I tell? Am I saying that he? You should draft him as a guaranteed quarterback one. No way. Absolutely not. But again, a rotational guy who may late develop or heck, maybe he carries you early. I don't know. But I, I think there's going to be a three-game stretch where he figures it out and then he'll unfigure it out and then he'll figure it out again. But I think there's going to be stretches next year where Colin Kaepernick really does emerge. We'll talk about his teammate. You mentioned it, Fabs. Vernon Davis. He had 36 fantasy points total last year. He had 16 in week one. He had 20 fantasy points over his last 15 games, man. Does he come back? Vernon Davis, Marcus Grant. I think he does. Uh, I really do. I actually like what Vernon Davis has to offer uh, th- this year. Um, I know we always talk about how awful the tight end position is. We mentioned it earlier but on this how podcast. How bad even. was he last year? He was bad. No, he was bad. He had some oh nagging. He had some nagging injuries. The one thing that surprised me, looking at him from last year. The drops, and that was kind of out of character for him. He's a guy who generally had good hands. Last year, he struggled dropping the football, and right now I'm chalking that up to it kind of just being a bad year for him. Everybody gets one. I think last year was kind of his. So I I, I just – everything else I saw on him on tape, I really liked. And so I think this is the year he starts to bounce back, in part because – there's still so many unknown pieces in that offense. I mean, Torrey Smith has been underwhelming in his career. Anquan Bolden, for as good as he's been the last couple of years, is still on the downside of his career, and you wonder how much longer he can keep that going. Uh, I, I think this is the year that you can get Vernon Davis for a good draft price absolutely, and get him as kind of a, a mid-tier tight end one. Yeah, he's someone who, if I don't draft uh, one of the five best tight ends okay. on my board— I will try to go after him. Uh, Who are your top hoping, five? Hoping that he turns it around. Well, Gronk, Julius. I, I think we could basically – No, not Julius. I think we could basically all say it in stereo, right? It's Gronk. It's Graham. It's uh, Olsen. It's got Kelsey. Kelsey, exactly, and then Martellus Bennett. So because Gates dropped out of there once he's sure. been suspended for four games. Uh, I, I think Geep Chris will start to utilize Vernon like he was utilized in the past. Uh, Steve Weish, who's an NFL insider here at the NFL Network, told me that when he went to OTAs, they were using Davis, they're going to use him. He won't be as bad as he was last year. He won't be as which good is impossible. as his best, which was 
the top yeah. tight end. His best years were also like supremely touchdown dependent. I looked at that. Both those sure, years sure. where he was like top two, top three, like almost fifty percent. He's got to get it in the end zone. Well, that's that's tight end in general. Oh, some yeah, but they weren't quite that high. What he many has uh, on his side from a value perspective this year is that the tight end position is bad. Uh huh. It's really bad. I mean, we're hoping that guys like. Uh, Zach Ertz, for example, break out finally. Uh, you know, we're hoping that Delaney Walker can be what he was again last year, or that Jordan Cameron can avoid the trainer's room and actually play 14 to 16 games. So that's one of the things Davis has on his side uh, is that you know what, he could end up being a top 10 tight end in fantasy in 2015 because the position is so weak this year. You know what's crazy is that people talk about well, why is the tight end position uh, from a fantasy perspective so weak? It's a lot. It's 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 very similar to why the running back position has been weakened considerably in fantasy and in real life as well. For the first time, the vast majority of NFL offenses are using tight end by committee. That's what we're seeing. We're seeing two tight ends being utilized in different sets. Guys aren't out there because some guys are blockers, some guys are pass catchers, and we're seeing these committee approaches at the tight end position. And that is why there's such a steep uh, drop-off from the top, let's just say, two or three guys uh, to, to now you know the bottom, uh, the rest of the league, basically. But, yeah, you're right. Vernon Davis, a very interesting, uh, intriguing player because he's an athletic freak. My only question about Vernon Davis, is his head 100% in football? I'm not 100% sure it is. That being said, there's going to be a ton of targets in San Francisco. He's interesting to me. All right, we move on. Keenan Allen, after a 1,000-yard rookie season, he had a big-time sophomore slump, man. 783 yards, just four touchdowns. That was following, again, a 1,000-yard, eight-touchdown rookie year. Here's my thing about Keenan Allen. The scary numbers for me. Last year, he had more targets and more receptions than he did in his rookie. He just was just straight up less productive. Does he bounce back, Marcus? I, I think he does. I mean, he's he's a guy who I think, when it's all said and done, is one of those consistent kind of wide receiver two guys. I mean, the big difference when you look at it between his rookie year and his sophomore year was yards after catch. I mean, he was a he was a yak machine when he was a rookie. Uh, you know, he that's was, a solid fantasy team name. By you me. like that yak machine? Yak machine. I might have to do that. Okay. Um, that was one thing that that disappeared for him his second year because you're right. He had more targets. He had more receptions. The yards were down. The touchdowns were down. But they I think down. I think he's a guy who, I mean, we saw coming out of out of Cal. The big knock on him is that he's not a guy with a lot of straight line speed. He's not a burner in that respect, but he runs great routes. He's got very consistent hands. I mean, you put the ball anywhere in his in in his area code, he's going to hold on to that thing. So I think as long as he's consistent like that, he still has a good quarterback in Phillip Rivers who can deliver the football for him. And it will help that there's no Antonio Gates for the first month of the season. There's going to be potentially more targets coming Allen's way. So he's a guy who bounces back again. He's a wide receiver, too. If you're looking for something more than that, then he's not going to be your guy. But if you're fine with him being your second receiver, I think he's going to be good for you. And we're hearing good things this offseason about him being more focused, more determined after having a bad sophomore season. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he has 80 or 90 catches, maybe see some more time in the slot this year. Uh, So Allen's a guy that I do like. Uh, I think Marcus is right. He's in that number two wide receiver category. Uh, won't be won't be a number one. Maybe a little bit useful uh, in PPR leagues too, because I think the targets will be there. You know, I, I was uh, speaking of the targets. You know, I, you mentioned it. Gates is going to be out for the first four weeks, and I thought, oh, that's going to be a boon to Keenan Allen. But then I started thinking about, you know, they drafted a guy like Melvin Gordon, great out of the backfield catching the football, uh, and Danny Woodhead is coming back as well. That dude eats up a lot of targets yeah. as mm-hmm. well. I don't know. He had 122 targets last year. I don't know if he gets more than that. I, I got to think he's going to get less than that. I'm, I'm concerned about it. I'm, I think I'm the lowest on him here because I mentioned this on the pod last week that in Philip Rivers' 10 years as a starter, he's only had a 1,000-yard receiver, including Antonio Gates, six times yeah. in 10 years. And one of those was Keenan Allen's rookie year. The most yards he's ever had thrown to a receiver is Vincent Jackson, who had 1,167. And he's just a totally different dude. Rivers is a great quarterback, but he spreads it around. He's not one that feeds his number one receiver, or, and his offense has never been geared towards that. And like you said, you've got Wood head you've got gordon malcolm floyd is still there stevie johnson is there who is everybody thinks he's like old and past his prime guy's only like 28 years old hmm. he's still put on some good tape for the for the niners ladarius green is there gates is going to come back 
I just think they're going to spread the ball in that offense, and I think the a wide receiver two asking price for Allen might be a little too rich. I, I, I might agree, but but let's just go around the horn. What, what's the what's the draft price? What what comfortable? What round are you comfortable uh, taking the count product? Five. Round five. Round five. It's too rich for me. Uh, I'm Babs? I'm saying five or six. Yeah, five depending six. on your league, ten or twelve teams. Yeah, I would I would say six or seven. Yeah. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, I, I, I probably say six or seven as well. I, I don't, I don't know if I see the upside there. Depends how my draft falls, though, too. Right, that's a very good point. I just don't know if I see the upside, but, uh, but again, uh, love his skill set. Just as you mentioned, they spread that ball around. Can I leave I the room before we mention this next player? <laughs> we'll, we'll make it quick, Matt. We're all, we're no, we all pained. We're all Cor- pained. Cordero Patterson, the next man on the list of uh, <laughs> yeah, bust a move. Yeah, yeah. Again, NFL.com slash bust a move if you want to read uh, a, a pretty in-depth piece on all these guys. But but we'll start with you, Marcus. Look, he had an unbelievable week one, a 20-pointer, I believe. 80 points uh, total over the next 15 weeks. He was absolutely awful last year. Lightly regarded Charles Johnson, the wide receiver, not the defensive end. Became the number one wide out, kind of, I guess, with Teddy Bridgewater. Um, what do we expect from the uber-athletic, but not terribly skilled, wide receiver Cordero Patterson? I expect him to continue to be uber-athletic, but not terribly skilled. Um, <laughs> at least not terribly productive. You know, you look back, and we all got excited about what we saw from him at the end of his first year, and you know, yeah. we, all, we, all, we all bought in. We all thought it was going to mean big things for his second season, and I think what we overlooked, one, you know, the small sample size, but more than that is that he was so dependent on big plays. I mean, it wasn't he wasn't the kind of guy who was going to compile a 10-catch, you know, 105-yard, no. you know, in a touchdown sort of game. I mean, he was the guy who was going to get you three catches, and one of them might go for 70 yards and a touchdown. And so when that stopped happening, his production went away. On top of that, you look at the fact that he just was not a good route runner. Obviously, he never nope. really learned the whole route tree. And for a guy who was really fast – didn't have a lot of explosiveness. Like, watching him come off the line was really frustrating. Coming off the line of scrimmage was not getting open, was not just doing a whole lot there. And that was part of the reason you saw guys like Charles Johnson surpass him. It's why you saw Greg Jennings, even at his advanced NFL age, getting a lot more run. And so, look, I think at this point the Vikings have realized that maybe Cordero Patterson isn't the guy they hoped he would be. Uh, Certainly with Adrian Peterson coming back, that's going to be a big change in what they do offensively as well. Maybe you know, maybe it helps that he won't be the center of attention anymore. But uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not drafting Cordero Patterson. If I am, it is literally as a fifth wide receiver. He's my my last pick before I'm looking at a, a defense and a kicker. Does adding a guy like Adrian Peterson does that help someone like Cordero, or does it hurt a guy like him? Because you know, you figure these NFL defenses they're going to have to be spread out a little bit. Maybe it gives a guy like Cordero a little bit more room to operate. Well, it helps all the wide receivers uh, in that offense, but that's not going to help Cordero Patterson run better routes or get open or be smarter <laughs> or catch the out ball on the gridiron. Exactly. Yeah, he's not great. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this about an NFL wide receiver. He's not great catching the ball. That's the that's the problem. That's the problem with Cordero Patterson. So again, uh, yeah, that that would be a hindrance. That's uh, kind of a downside. It, yeah, it it, does, it generally does not bode well for that profession. Uh, Cordero Patterson. So I, I think we're all in agreement here. Maybe fifteenth round, thirteenth round, fourteenth, fifteenth. Yeah. I mean, something he, super super late. He's right. he's a guy you take him at the end. And you hope maybe you catch lightning. All right. Uh, Pierre Garcon, another wide receiver. I, I mean, just an unbelievable 2013 campaign. But then in 2013, in the offseason, the team added Deshaun Jackson. And guess what? The waiter, he got no tips last year, man. <laughs> 1,300 yards, five touchdowns in 2013. I 750 yards. I told people not three to play scores Last year. He went from 1,300 yards to 750. There weren't any injuries that we heard about uh, around Pierre. He just wasn't utilized in the offense. What do we make of Pierre Garçon in 2015? Well, the targets were way down, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, he had 113 catches the didn't, year before. Didn't he still lead the team in targets, though, last year? Uh, he might have, but they were split up quite a right, bit. Right, right. And Deshaun Jackson became the go-to guy there. You had a lot of different quarterbacks under center. Right? We had RG3. Had Kirk Cousins. Coy, you had Kirk Cousins. I mean, all these guys were under center, so it was hard for any of the wide receivers to really get comfortable with any of their, the, any of their signal callers. And... Honestly, I mean, if you look at his numbers, I think that one year was 
the year. ceiling, uh-huh. the year. Right. Uh, every other year, his numbers were pretty close, and they were all under 900 yards, uh, 800 yards, 700 yards, somewhere in that area. And he never really was a guy who scored a lot of touchdowns either. And remember, this is somebody who played with Peyton Manning. Yeah, Andrew Luck, guys like that. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I mean, I think that 2013 was kind of the anomaly there. I mean, what we saw from him last year is more in line what his with what his career numbers have been. And he's a guy who's been a volume play. I mean, even the year he caught 113 passes, had 181 targets. I mean, Whew. which is crazy. That's a crazy, that's that's a crazy a number. And, and we have to look at what his targets were last year, too, because right. they targets, had to be way down. And they dropped back to 105, right. you know, and, and he right. catches 68 passes. I mean, he's not really an efficient sort of guy. I mean, he's got to get a lot of targets in order to, to rack up a lot of catches. And so, you know, last year... 68, 752 yards, three touchdowns. I think the touchdown number maybe comes up a couple, not a lot. Um, but in terms of catches and yards, you know, you're looking around, you know, 70 catches, maybe 750 to 800 yards. I mean, I think that's just who Pierre Garcon is. Uh, All I'll say on the matter is I'm not trusting anybody catching passes from RG3. This well, <laughs> there's that. <laughs> there's that. That's, that's my hashtag analysis right. for there's Pierre that. Garcon and that team. Is he draft amazing how quickly things turned for him? RG3, RG3 or Pierre Garcon. His rookie season, we all loved him. Well, yeah, we Running loved with him, the football. Not his wide receivers. And then, no, but I'm talking about RG3. Yeah. And now, I mean, barely draftable, right? Oh, barely I don't, draftable. I don't, I don't even think he's draftable. Life comes at you where, fast. Where are you going to. I don't know where, that I've seen him draft? taken in a mock. Yet, yeah. Honest, I, I, don't, I, don't, I have no idea where Barely draftable. Um, Pierre Garcon, speaking of barely draftable, if those are your projections for the guy, where he's going to top out. <laughs> At 800 yards, four or five touchdowns, is he draftable? Oh, I mean, that sounds like a waiver wire guy if I ever heard of one. I mean, man. he's draftable, but again, it's a it's a late round. You know, you're looking at round 13 sort of thing for but him. But why? I I guess my question is why why waste the draft pick if you're projecting a guy to be 803? I, just to me. Just give me somebody. I'll take anybody else. You just, I, I'll take anybody. Yeah, maybe you have a per- anybody. Or affinity you want anybody? For- I'll take. A, I'll take an injured rookie. Maybe Cordero Patterson. Got, I'll take Cordero Patterson. Wow. Michael Crabtree or Pierre Garcon. Neither. I'll take neither one. You okay. have to take one. No. No. Absolutely. My my whole draft. My whole draft philosophy is if you're projecting a guy to get you know less than 900 yards and less than four scores, you don't draft that guy. He's got no. He's got no upside. At least give me somebody young who I have no idea what kind of production they'll have. But maybe he might. He might do something. I'm not so sure. you would draft a guy like Devin Funchess over Pierre Garçon? Oh, not even a question. hundred okay. percent. Okay, I would do that. All right, last player on the list. Oh boy, it pains me to say Doug Martin on the list here. Why he didn't go to Cal? No, he did not go to Cal. But <laughs> I, I actually wrote last year. I wrote a, a very extensive piece on Doug Martin. Did you like him? I did like him because you didn't have to admit that. I know. Yeah. But that being said, Full I disclosure. Did, I like oh, hey, look, I like him. I, I, I liked him last year because I like the idea of him teaming up uh, with Jeff Tedford. I thought Tedford was going to feed him the rock. It never happened. Ted, Tedford didn't even take the OC job really because of health concerns. And Doug Martin, I mean, he just absolutely fell off a cliff. I mean, he was maybe one of the worst fantasy busts. Uh, in fantasy last year because guys were paying third round draft prices. Yeah, do you remember Doug Martin that once the preseason had started to creep into the regular season, he was seeing all of the carries and people were jumping back on the bandwagon. That's what I was saying. And boy, three point seven yards per carry later, whoo! It was tough. He was on the waiver wire in a lot of leagues. And, and that's what I'm saying. It, he was one of the worst draft picks you could have made last year because of his draft price. I mean, guys were taking him late second, mid third, and, and not getting paid off, to say the least. Marcus Grant, does Doug Martin, does the muscle hamster, I know he hates the nickname, it doesn't matter, does the muscle <laughs> hamster. Does he get back on that wheel? I just know the last couple of years it's been less muscle, more hamster. Yes. Um, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not counting on it. Um, you know, because of what you guys talk about, the yards per carries have been down. The fact that that backfield has been such a jumbled mess. When you look at Martin still being there, and you know Bobby Rainey is still hanging around. They've still got Mike James. Charles Sims was getting into the mix last year. You know what I remember too, Marcus, is the the year before when Martin got hurt 
and he was bad. And then all the guys came in after him and played well. Remember yep. Rainey rushed for like 100-plus sure. yards against Seattle? That was sure. Mike James did and, that against uh, Seattle. Mike James, that's yeah. right. Rainey did it and a couple then, other times. And then Rainey had some good games. Right. So, so Marcus, uh, I didn't mean to cut you off no. there, but completely making making the point here that Martin w- wasn't even the best running back from a numbers perspective on that team. I, I also do wonder how that offense changes now that they've got Jameis Winston in there. You know, Mike an- Evans. Another year of Mike Evans. Vincent Austin Jackson's Zipperian. there. Yes, Jay is there. Yeah. So you do wonder whether or not they're going to start to put the ball up in the air a little bit more, which means fewer opportunities to run the football. Um, you know, hey, look – Doug Martin had a good run. Yeah, he had that huge game against the Raiders when we all really got to know him, and everybody Hello. jumped on the bandwagon. Fifty-one but, fantasy points. Man, but I think I think that's the high water mark for him. I think that's it. That's it, huh? Wiz, any think, hope at all for the Muscle Amps? I think there is hope this year. Uh, I think we're all we're all burying him a little too much. Um, let's not forget that, based on like we said, he was not the best running back on his own team. It, it looked like at times on film. However, uh, new offensive coordinator Dirk Cutter like fought to keep Doug Martin on the roster this okay. year. He watched the game type, like game tape, like what he saw. Martin's down like 20 pounds from what he used to be. Interesting. Uh, he's been taking all the first team reps. I mean, okay. now the only trouble is there's a lot of smoke here yeah. with our hype train and smoke screen thing. However, <laughs> if this smoke clears uh-huh. and we actually see him taking first first team reps and showing more lateral agility now that he's down in weight, Le'Veon Bell's big jump from year one to two year one to year two also came when he lost a little bit of weight and gained some of that quickness that made him so dangerous last year. Um, if Martin can get that back right now, he's got like around eight ADP uh, on fantasy football calculator around 15 on NFL.com. Seems obscenely late. I think if you're taking him in that round eight to 10 range as maybe an RB four could be a lot of value there. Yeah. I couldn't take him as anything less than that. That's for sure. And, uh, I did my backfield projections last week. I only have him getting about 230 touches on the year. Uh, Charles Sims is in the mix, although yeah. that hype train has started to slow down a little bit because um, Martin now seems to be back in the good graces and is the number one guy there. But if he struggles and that yards per carry average doesn't increase and the running game flounders, well, who's to say that Lovey Smith doesn't give Charles Sims a shot That's right. at, at being uh, more of a more of an offensive centerpiece, or maybe not a centerpiece, but Featured back. more prominent in sure. the offense, especially in the running game. And Sims is also very good as a pass catcher. So Martin is really an early down guy who could see some goal line work as well, but Sims is going to come in, take some of the workload there in the passing game. I... You know, it's one of those things where I almost don't want to use the example of of CJ Spiller because we kind of like him this year because he's on a different team. Well, some people, (laughs) some people do. Uh, But do not draft list CJ Martin had that one great rookie year, and then everyone jumped on the bandwagon, including myself. And then in years two or three, he was bad. So I think that's kind of what he is. I think Marcus. So give me a draft value. That's what he is. Again, he's an RB4 for me. He's someone that you can probably take somewhere between rounds 8 and round 10. Um, I don't know why he's going off the board in round 15 on NFL.com. Because a featured back, at least close to a featured back, is not going to last past the 10th well, round I, in any draft. I think I think the reason he's falling is just because there is so much uncertainty. Because sure. last year we saw so many guys run through that backfield. And I think people are just, you know, instead of trying to figure out which one it is, everybody's avoid you know, to hell with all of them. If you also look back at Dirk Cutter when he was the OC with the Jaguars, I mean, they had a, a run percentage of 48.8 or better three different years, but he had Maurice Jones, Drew, and Fred Taylor there. Right. Different I don't know scenario. If you're going to have that with Charles Sims and Martin. Um, MG, did we? What's the verdict here? What do you think? Does he come back? Is is this a guy that you can get good value for if you're getting him in the ninth round? Let's say is that good value for Doug Martin? Uh, I, I'm I'm looking more around 10, 10, 11 for him. But you know, I think if if you are expecting him to be your number four guy, if he's your bye week fill in, if the matchup is right, sure, give him a shot. Um, it's just. Obviously, keep an eye on that backfield because who knows what it's going to be like by the time you get to a situation where you want to use him in your starting lineup. All right. Bust a move. Again, you can find Marcus's series. NFL.com slash bust a move, and they're doing mock drafts right now on the website. NFL.com slash fantasy. Go to the website, sign up today, and draft for free. For Michael Fabiano, Marcus Grant, and the Wiz Kid, Alex Gelhar, I'm James Coe. We're out.
You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 